Welcome back, everyone, to Digital Capital Advisors' weekly podcast, where we feature one-on-one conversations with CEOs, founders, and investors of the most disruptive companies in ad tech and martech. My name is Jay MacDonald, and I am the founder and CEO of Digital Capital Advisors. To date, we have interviewed Frost Prelove, founder and CEO of the native platform for localized programmatic Simpla.fi, and Diego Meller, co-founder and CEO of Jamp the mobile growth platform for on-demand apps. Both of those podcasts can be accessed on any of the usual platforms like Apple, Spotify, and others. But today we're going to shake things up and instead talk about the rise of the customer data platforms, otherwise known as CDPs. And instead of featuring one of the CDP CEOs, we will instead discuss the overall market with one of Digital Capital Advisors' senior bankers, Andrew Daniel. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Jay. Happy to be here. Good. Well, let's let's talk about what exactly is a CDP, a customer data platform. Sure. So as I think about CDPs, I really think about four different parts and really what defines them. And I think it's a space that uh, has really evolved and lots of companies have become CDPs. And so trying to break it down into these four things, I think is a great way to, to really make sure you're understanding if a company really is a CDP. So the first one is fairly simple. It's the ability to ingest audience data in real time. That is, take in all different sorts of data, siloed data sets and, and really pull them in, just as a simple effort. The second is trying to unify all those data sets to understand customer identity. That is taking all of these different siloed data sets where identity might be confusing, maybe they're not talking to each other, and unifying them. The third is taking that data now that you've brought into a unified, persistent customer profile and being able to segment it. That is looking at all the different customers that you have, all the data that you've ingested about those customers, all the different identities, and being able in real time to to segment it in any way you'd like. And that indicates that that database is active and searchable. And that's a really important component of what differentiates a CDP. And then lastly, it's provisioning that data out to different places in the world. And so what does that mean? Once you have the ability to capture the data, understand and unify customer profiles, aggregate all of those customer profiles into a single place, and then segment it, you need to be able to leverage that data to drive actionable insight and ultimately do some kind of execution. And so that provisioning process enables you to take that data and utilize it in whatever way you'd like, whether it's a marketing effort, whether it's a targeting effort. Um, but the key is that it's accessible and usable. So so why do CDPs exist, though? I mean, if you've got uh, companies are able to access their data from a number of different sources, whether it's from email or from social or from a lot of from e-commerce and so forth. So what's the real need for a CDP? Yeah, so I think the CDP has been catalyzed by a number of trends that have happened in the market more broadly. As you look down into the MarTech landscape or even the world, right, and think about all the different data points that are being captured, the reality is that the consumer is creating a lot of data. So every day, the number of data points that exist in the universe are increasing. And what enterprises realized, both the large and middle market enterprise, was that that data was often difficult to access. We keep saying data silos, but it existed in its own database and was very difficult to access in a consistent way. And so you ended up with all of these kind of restricted views where the sales team might have been going into uh, their set of data and looking at that. The the email marketing team was looking at their data set. Uh, The e-commerce team was looking at their data set, but there was no communication in between. And so you have this landscape that was really disjointed and fragmented. 
In the early days, you had a variety of platforms try to deal with this. And so the CRM, what everybody's mainly familiar with, they came in and said, can we pull some of this data down and begin to aggregate it a little bit? You had the DMPs um, who, again, tried to bring in some of the data lakes and unify some of the data sets, each for their individual use case. And then you had tag management, which was trying to understand, can we begin to segment this data? Can we begin to pull it apart and create understanding? But the reality was that that confusing process didn't really solve any of the issues that were going on in the space. And so this idea of MarTech fragmentation, the number of tools that exist, the number of data points, uh, the volume of data in different places the consumer was existing, all of this really necessitated the need to say, okay, we need to understand the data about a consumer in all places they exist, and again, unify it into a singular point. So that's been really important. At the same time, a few trends happened in the marketplace. Marketers became aware that data-driven insights, or ultimately actionable data-driven insights, were really critical in driving positive ROI. Marketers have evolved significantly and have expectations now in regards to being able to leverage data to most effectively target the user. And so those two things in junction uh, really, again, help to catalyze the CDP component uh, from their side. And then on the flip side of things from the consumer, the consumer expectation towards personalization and customized marketing has only grown. The, the customer or consumer has expectations that are very high and, and frankly difficult to achieve. And so all of a sudden, there was this really strong need for, can we find a platform that enables us to understand every way that we are touching a consumer, take that information, take that data, process it, create persistent, unified customer profiles across the entire customer journey so that we can understand that customer in a really deep way. And then where we're headed, and ultimately we'll talk about in a couple minutes, can we derive actionable insight that we can then execute against, right? Can we create insight based on the data that we know about somebody and then deliver some kind of marketing effort against it? And so that's how we've ended up with the CDP idea. And it's been an evolution. And as you look at the landscape, that evolution is shown. A lot of companies that have become CDPs were something else before. And the CDP has kind of taken this buzzword uh, type place in the universe. But, but the reality is, that that role of the CDP is becoming increasingly critical in the broader marketing effort and broader marketing stack. So, so when you think about the large MarTech players in this regard, what's your view? Sure. So I think the large MarTech players, uh, namely you'd like, right, but the Adobe's, the Salesforce of the world and others have all done their effort in trying to get into the CDP space. If you think about the evolution of those businesses, they started with large enterprise customers, right? Big customers who gave them lots of revenue. And over time, they purchased or built a lot of solutions to add to their MarTech clouds. And so they kind of lumped onto each other this giant pile of stuff that did lots of different things but didn't communicate very well. When they went in to go pitch a large enterprise client, it was relatively easy for them to kind of push across the table this really big pile of stuff and large enterprise players to say, well, it's not going to be the easiest to onboard this. It's going to take some time to integrate, but maybe the ROI will be okay in the end. What happened for the large players was they acquired all of the large enterprise customers and then said, well, we need more revenue growth. Let's go downstream into middle market enterprise. And what they found was when they pushed that same style of stuff across the table uh, to middle market enterprise, middle market enterprise said, no way, we're not taking it. It's too heavy. 
It's too confusing. We can't generate ROI. It doesn't work. And so all of a sudden, the Adobe's and the Salesforce and the Oracle's of the world had this problem where middle market enterprise was giving them a lot of pushback as to this giant pile of stuff and why it wasn't really doing what it was supposed to do. And so CDP became this uh, fairly simple solution that seemed like it could be the glue that would link together all of these different solutions that they had purchased and, again, enable a singular point that would really be the core of the marketing stack. And so for them, they spent a lot of time now trying to build that out. The, the reason they're building these solutions and acquiring these CDP solutions is really because they want to be able to increase their total addressable market, particularly down to the middle market enterprise, where folks believe there is revenue to be captured, but solutions are currently not satisfying them. And so they've spent a lot of time trying to unify all these different solutions, simplify uh, ultimately the, the difficulty it is often to operate them, and really streamline the number of products and technologies that they're offering to folks into a singular marketing cloud. And so we'll continue to see from the large MarTech players is this attempt of addressing middle market enterprise. And that'll come through not only building out CDPs and trying to simplify their marketing stack, but also through the acquisition of companies who, um, again, either have acquired lots of middle market customers in a unique way and or enable the large uh, more tech players to, to more effectively acquire their customers. Mm -hmm. so, so when you think about the environment that we're in, you know, what, what would you say the state of the CDP market was pre-pandemic and and uh, and how has the global pandemic uh, pandemic uh, affected, or will it? How will it reshape the CDP market going forward? In your view, yeah, I think there's been a very interesting shift that has happened. So pre-pandemic, CDPs were going very well, right? Ultimately, as we all saw, a lot of capital raising, both venture capital and private equity, a number of transactions at pretty high multiples. We saw very interesting, uh, fairly unusual buyers reach in and purchase companies. You had MasterCard buy Session M, uh, Dun & Bradstreet buying Lattice Engines, McDonald's bought a company. And so you had all these folks who historically weren't thought of necessarily as MarTech buyers coming in and purchasing CDP solutions to deal with their own customer data problems, right, in different senses outside of just being a marketing cloud. And so in doing that, what you created was when you paired these unique buyers with the traditional buyers and a relatively high valuation environment, you created a lot of excitement. And so when investors saw uh, big transactions occurring, they were intrigued and ultimately began to plant seeds, um, both in the venture and private equity world. At the same time, the CDP landscape, if you look at the number of companies, the set at the top, the top 50% or so, was improving, both on a technology basis and on a revenue scale basis. And so in doing that, you ended up with a, a really a landscape of, at the higher end, fairly quality assets with decent revenue scale, pushing north of often 15 or $20 million in ARR, looking at an environment where capital was accessible uh, and M&A seemed like a likely outcome or certainly a reasonable one in defensibility of why they should defend the valuations that they had from an investment perspective. When we had the pandemic hit, all of a sudden there was a shift. There is a very, very crowded CDP landscape out there, and it's really because all of these different players have pivoted to become CDPs, often kind of slapping the badge onto their marketing without perhaps really having the technology to support what it is they're saying they can do. And so as I look at the giant landscape of companies that are out there, the 50 or 60 service providers that, that are claiming to be CDPs, 
a very large chunk of them don't have the technology to drive the ROI that's expected from them and really don't have the technology to justify that CVP label that they're claiming on. And so what we think is going to happen is I look at the landscape more broadly is that when you put economic pressure on a space, that is, there are clients who are going to go back and look at their marketing dollars and say, why am I spending X number of dollars on the CDP? Is it driving ROI for me? When you put that kind of in, in perspective, when you put uh, defaults, folks who have uh, very significant sector exposures, maybe somebody who's in e-commerce or travel and are seeing significant dips in their revenue. When you begin to put the space, which is highly fragmented with lots of low quality providers under stress, there's a very profound thing that can happen and where we think it's going to go. And ultimately, that is there's going to be a significant shakeout. The lower half of the market where technology is poor is going to find it challenging to continue to exist and maintain clients because their ROI argument simply is not strong enough to justify the marketing dollars that are going to be spent by those enterprises, particularly when there's added scrutiny towards the marketing dollars. You are going to see companies who were sector specific begin to fall out, uh, mainly because the exposures were so high. There are an example of a travel CDP, right? Right now, they're having a very difficult time collecting revenue. And so you'll see those businesses begin to fall out. And what will happen is at the upper end of the market, a giant opportunity is created for those that are healthy unit economic businesses almost near profitability, nice growth, uh, great technology, true leaders, there's going to be a vacuum of clients created. That is, the clients that will be released from the lower half of the market are now up for grabs from the upper half of the market. And there's an opportunity for those that uh, are interested to look at acquisitions of some of the sector experts, right? Maybe there is a really high quality CDP platform that wants to get into the e-commerce space. There's probably an e-commerce CDP available at a lower valuation than ever before. And so there's this big opportunity that's happening that ultimately will yield significant consolidation, uh, a significantly less crowded landscape because companies will begin to die off. And then third, it'll also bolster some fundraising events. We're hearing rumbles already of private equity firms looking at CDPs and saying, if I gave them some balance sheets to go do acquisitions, you know, there is an opportunity there and awareness of that. VCs continue wanting to invest in well. And so as I think about where we're headed, we're going to see a number of transactions in CDPs that are very different from what we've seen in the past. Um, and that ultimately will see a significant shakeout in the broader landscape, mainly driven by COVID-19 in the broader pandemic. Right. I, one of the things that you know, Andrew, is we discuss a lot internally various sectors that we think are ripe for roll-ups. Uh, and it was, as we work heavily um, uh, as a firm with private equity groups, um, what's your view on uh, this particular sector, the CDP space, uh, in terms of having a private equity group come in, back one of the large players and roll up the sectors? Yeah, absolutely. So, for us, first of all, I completely agree. I think undoubtedly there is going to be significant consolidation that happens, as I've just said. I think the way to think about it is really thinking about what a CDP needs to become. As I think about what a CDP becomes, it's ultimately being that central hub of all marketing efforts. That is where CDPs are headed, and we can talk about it a little bit more in depth in a couple of minutes, but to answer your question is I think about where CDP is headed, it's ultimately being much broader than it is today. That is, we're not just going to limit it to data where I can have a single place where I can derive actual insight and then take that actual insight somewhere else and try to go execute it. But instead, 
the coverage of a CDP is going to increase. There is going to be execution capabilities brought into CDPs. There is going to be iterative capabilities where execution results get fed back into CDPs. And there's going to be identity brought in as well, where we can understand the identity of users on the web and in other places that right now CDPs don't reach to. And so as I think about the where we're headed, that is the goal of the CDP, what the holy grail might look like, it's really becoming a new marketing hub. It's a new place where marketing can happen from, very different than how the, the big MarTech players were built today. And that DNA is of a significant advantage to them. To that end, for the right platforms, and again, it's the ones with the right unit economics, the one with revenue scale today, that isn't just in a single sector, but in a broader sector. For those businesses, private equity has a very real opportunity, either in a buyout setting of purchasing that company and then acquiring more businesses, a roll up and or in a growth setting. There are a lot of opportunities to bolt on additional capabilities and businesses to a core platform to expend and ultimately widen that capability that I'm talking about and get us closer to that holy grail where we really want to be. And so in my eyes, that consolidation event is in the near term. It's something that's going to happen in the next six, 12 months where we begin to see uh, a platform or two have a series bet put on them, uh, given the revenue scale that they exist at. The list of companies that probably qualify for that is relatively short. It's probably 10 or 15 companies total. So it's, you can begin to, to kind of corner in on where those companies might be. But we will see that transaction happen and we will see the beginning of consolidation both in customers and commercially going after other people's customers and in acquisition of buying both on acquisitions, trying to find additional capabilities and technology that are really additive and or buying sector expertise and clients and, and trying to take some of the businesses that have significant sector exposure and adding them into a broader platform. Right. So, so hearkening back to, a, you know, talking about the, the, the size of the market, roughly 50 to 60 vendors, when you think about the top tier guys who have the best technology, uh, best customer set, and so best unit economics, you know, who are some of the people that you think are doing some things right and uh, and why? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's lots of companies that are doing things well. I'll name a few that I think are doing things in an interesting way and perhaps are different for a particular reason. So one that, that I like a lot is a business called Blue Shift. They've raised probably about $30 million or so. And what they're doing that's a little bit different is trying to get closer to what I'm talking about on the execution side. That is, they're thinking a lot about, we know we can create actionable insight really well, right? These insights are unique, but we now want to activate that data. We want to take the actionable insights and activate it in execution setting. And so they've done a very good job of building an intelligent layer between their CDP and, and ultimately the data-driven insights and the actionability component of, okay, now we can go execute leveraging the data that we have and execute across channels, right? And ultimately doing that in a multi-channel and multi-platform environment. And so that one-to-one iteration across millions of customers and how close they are on the execution side makes BlueShift fairly unique relative to the landscape and one that is at the forefront of getting closer to this platform idea, right? This ideal, if you will, of being that full platform for marketing. And they're, they're on the forefront of that, particularly leading on execution. Uh, there's a business called Imperity. Um, I think they're an interesting one as well. They've raised a little bit more, probably closer to 90 million or so. And they've done a great job of creating really a 360 degree view of the customer. They've taken the standard actionable insight from a CDP and magnified it in a, in a significant way, thinking more omni-channel, 
thinking about how do we understand the attributes and behavior or affinities of the user? How do we go beyond just deriving actionable insight and suggesting something to, okay, we really understand everything about this individual, right? We know what they like. We know what they don't like. We're using other data sets, both proprietary and third party to add into what we're bundling already. And they end up with this really interesting prediction and personalization capability where they can say, hey, this user, because we've been watching them, might be at risk of churn. You should do something to fix that. And or why don't we contextualize and personalize in this specific way that matches the affinity or interest of a particular customer? And so Imperity has done a very good job in, in really scaling that insight capability in an interesting way. Uh, another one that, that perhaps is worth uh, mentioning on a similar thread is Lytics. Lytics was relatively early in, in the CDP process. They were one of the early providers, and, and some give them credit actually for the CDP title altogether. But similar to Amparity, they've done a great job of taking the extra time they've had in thinking about CDPs to really take insight to the next level. In their case, they're really good at interpreting user behavior. So they can understand based on the actions of how users are ultimately moving around, how they're interacting with advertisements and marketing events uh, or marketing collateral, they're able to interpret what that means. And so they ultimately relay that interpretation of behavior into channel preferences and content preferences and interests. And they end up with this similar to parity, a very broad view of the customer that frankly is much more elaborate than what is kind of the base level in CDP. And then the last one I'll mention, and I think this ties into this idea of trying to unify identity into the CDP, is a business called Blue Conic. They've raised about $30 million. And for them, they've done a great job of trying to do identity resolution. That is, can we understand the identity of the customer or consumer across a variety of places in a way that's beyond what is currently expected from a CDP? And with doing that, if you can better understand the identity of a customer, you have a better capability to personalize and customize. And so they've really relayed that in a strong way or parlayed that in a strong way towards a personalization and customization capability. These companies that I've identified, I think, show ultimately how I think about the space. This idea of delivering really personalized, really customized, real-time marketing is key and ultimately, again, an idea behind that holy grail that I keep talking about, as well as can we take basic actionable insight and expand upon them. That is, we need to do our job to maximize the amount of knowledge we can have about a consumer and expand multiple levels out and iterate multiple levels out the amount of information that we can assume about a consumer on their preferences, what they like, where they're most effective and everything else so that we can personalize and ultimately target to them as effectively as possible. Terrific. So, so to wrap things up, what, you know, if you put your crystal ball, you know, in front of you and you said, okay, here we are in uh, June 2021. What does the landscape look like? Yeah. I think the landscape looks a lot different by, by June 21. In my eyes, what will happen is that lower half of the market that I talked about will begin to shake out. You'll see quietly deaths of companies begin to happen, customers beginning to slip out. We expect to begin to see that starting in, in kind of the end of the summer, maybe into the fall a little bit, where everybody's back seriously examining their dollars, thinking about the platforms that we're using. I expect to see fundraising and M&A happen in the landscape um, across all different kinds, both venture capital fundraising for some of the folks that are a little small to be PE targets today. I expect to see growth equity funding, and I expect to see uh, buyouts. 
I think we'll begin to see in a year's time some of the consolidation transactions that we've talked about uh, beginning to, to ultimately clean up the space a little bit and consolidate. I also think that we'll see an effort from the large MarTech players to continue to lighten their capabilities. CDP will be one of the, the words they use there, but will ultimately be the answer. And most importantly, what I think will happen is CDPs will evolve in a fairly significant way. I think we're right now at the precipice of identity becoming a really key component of CDP and ultimately kind of leaving the CDP tag behind us. I think we're getting to a point where what we're calling a CDP today becomes the expectation from marketers. And that ultimately, what is a CDP now when you both on identity, understanding where the user is, uh, understanding IDs and devices, device IDs, when understanding everything about the consumer you can, we empower our actual insights well beyond where we are today, and then layer in execution capabilities. That circle that is formed will become what is really the future of the MarTech hub. And where an Oracle and a Salesforce and Adobe are built on legacy DNA and have had difficulty trying to get to that holy grail place where you have this, this unified marketing hub, we will see new companies via acquisition and via technology growth and via revenue scale attempt to ultimately work their way up the value chain to compete against those large players. And whether or not that happens in a year or two years or three years is to be seen. But again, we're moving in that right direction. We're beginning to see the seeds of that being planted. Terrific. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um, your insights and observations about the, the, the customer data uh, platforms uh, area uh, sector is fantastic. We really appreciate it. If any of our listeners want to learn more about CDPs or continue the dialogue, you can reach out to Andrew at Andrew at digitalcapitaladvisors.com or myself at Jay at digitalcapitaladvisors.com. I hope everyone enjoyed this recording and we look forward to our next one. Thanks very much.